Hello and welcome back to Equity, the TechCrunch podcast, where we unpack the numbers and the nuance behind the headlines. It is Monday, March 20th. This is Alex. And yes, this is our Monday show where we look ahead to the week, look back at the weekend and generally get ready for yet another slog through work. All right. Now, there's a lot to talk about. So let's get it. Kicking off with stocks this morning, the big news is that banking stocks are still freaking out. The SVB crisis, or really the larger banking crisis that SVB helped kick off, is not yet over. Shares of troubled Swiss bank Credit Suisse are off 58% in pre-market trading on the NICE on news that fellow Swiss bank UBS will buy it for a paltry $3.25 billion. Investors, though, are not entirely thrilled about the news. Shares of UBS are down 3.5% in pre-market trading this morning on American exchanges after falling 5.5% to close last week. And then domestically, shares of First Republic Bank are off about 20% in pre-market trading this morning compared to Friday's close that saw shares in the California-based bank fall even more. Now, if you recall, a bunch of banks deposited $30 billion into First Republic last Thursday to try and help build confidence in it. That didn't work entirely. And then on Sunday, S&P cut its credit rating of the bank, likely compounding its share price woes this morning. What's the TLDR? Well, the concern in the market about some banks continues, and it's precisely not the thing that the global economy and the stock market really need at the moment. More broadly, stocks fell in Asia today, they rose in Europe, and here in the US, shares are mostly flat in pre-market trading, if slightly in the red. Now, are you tired of all that bad news? Do you want something more upbeat? Well, does the crypto world have tidings for you? Here are the numbers. Bitcoin is up 4% in the last 24 hours and nearly 28% in the last week to $28,325. Ether is up nearly 13% in the last week to $1,785. And the larger crypto market cap, and I know that's kind of a flawed metric, but roll with me, is up to $1.18 trillion this morning. The only really bad news that I can find in the world of crypto is that the circulating supply of stable coins continues to slowly dip and that the recent NFT boomlet is already in decline. Still, recent price appreciation amongst major crypto tokens has Web3 fans back on Twitter preening. So if you're a Web3 kid, enjoy it. Next up, Chinese apps. So by now you are aware that the American government is wrestling with TikTok, the popular social media app owned by ByteDance, a Chinese company. TikTok is wildly popular with American consumers and is therefore immensely valuable. And it's at risk of being banned domestically over, variously, general privacy concerns and worries about how the Chinese government might use data collected by the service or influence what it shows to American citizens. Note, of course, that India banned TikTok and a bunch of other Chinese apps some years ago. And also, don't forget that in December of 2022, TikTok admitted that it had spied on journalists in an attempt to figure out who their sources were. That was about as bad a look as it could have been at about the worst possible time. Now, the latest is that TikTok's CEO will tell Congress this week that the service now has 150 million active users in the U.S. That's according to NBC. However, I wonder, at this point, if rising popularity for TikTok is actually more risk than shield in the halls of American government. 
Somewhat ironically, the Chinese government has complained about the American government's attempts to limit TikTok usage on official devices. At this juncture, I would like to note that the Chinese government has far wider and more aggressive bans on foreign digital services inside its own borders. Anywho, the other bit of news per the post is that CapCut, which is also owned by ByteDance, is ranking incredibly highly on American app stores, so expect that to come up in debates. The issue at play here is that governments around the world are worried about the close relationship between the Chinese state and Chinese companies, worried about data sharing between the two. I don't know precisely where this is all going or how quickly, but it really does feel that the era in which China could ban nearly all foreign apps and get its own apps into nearly every foreign market is probably coming to a close. Now, put all that aside and let's talk about some cool startups. Now, somewhat lost amidst all the banking drama and general shouting of the last week was news that a startup is getting into the corporate card market. Yes, another one. TC reports that Parker, which has raised north of $150 million since birth in a mix of equity capital and debt, is taking on the e-commerce card space. Now, what is it? Well, it's a charge card and it claims to have higher limits for e-commerce clients than rivals offer. And the big draw in Parker is that it has moving requirements for paying off charges, which are calculated on a net 30 or net 60 day per purchase pace instead of being aggregated into monthly batches. Now, we'll have to see if there's room for yet another competitor in this particular fintech subgenre, but I do love the name. And then PitchBook. Now, we don't talk about the company much on the podcast, which is frankly unfair because I use their data all the time. If you don't know, PitchBook competes with Crunchbase, Disclosure, my former employer, and CB Insights, amongst other companies, to provide data on the private markets. Why bring them up this morning? Well, TechCrunch has reported that the VC and private equity database has launched VC Exit Predictor. It's trained on PitchBook data, and it will take a company and say, hey, here's what we think is going to happen. Will it get acquired? Will it go public? Or will it not exit? And the company claims that against a historical set of exited startups, the tool was about 74% accurate. That's pretty darn good, but probably just about the lower threshold of good enough in this case. PitchBook used to tell you what happened in the past, and now it wants to tell you what will happen in the future. I kind of dig it. I'm going to play with it. If it's cool, I'll tell you more about it. And closing a little good news, a little bad news. All of the banking fiascos of the last few weeks have been tiring and mostly a mess. However, expectations are that the American Central Bank will tighten rates by just another 25 basis points or 0.25% in its next decision. That's less than we have seen mostly recently. Forward expectations, however, indicate that some investors anticipate the Fed to slow or halt raises after that. The result? Well, we could have a slowdown or pause inside for interest rate hikes. For startups, this could be a form of relief. Why? Well, if there is an expectation that interest rates are done going up for a bit, it could be a boon for tech shares in particular and tech valuations more generally. For startups that want to go public, well, that's good news and it would probably help even more early stage companies. Recall, of course, that we are expecting some IPOs later this year and any sort of help would help that. Not that we're desperate for an S1 or anything, I promise. <laughs> And that is our show. Who knows what this week is going to bring? I don't want to forecast or predict anything because every week has been nuts lately. I hope that you're rested. I hope that your family's good. I hope that you've eaten some food. Drink some water. Drink some coffee. Take care of yourself. We are all in this together. 
And of course, don't forget, you can follow Equity on Twitter. We tweet under the handle EquityPod. And if you want to save some money off of tickets to early stage, I'll be there too. You can use the code Equity at checkout, save some bucks. And also, of course, TechCrunch Plus, use the code Equity, save money, make us look good. This is Alex. I think you're great. I'll talk to you soon. Bye. Equity Mondays are hosted by myself, Editor-in-Chief of TechCrunch Plus, Alex Wilhelm. We're produced by Teresa Locansolo with editing by Kel Keller. Bryce Durbin is our illustrator, Alyssa Stringer leads audience development, and Henry Pickovet manages TechCrunch Audio products. Thanks so much for listening, and we'll be back next week.